Hi friends. I'm back in my room. Yeah. It's uh it's been a couple of days since I've been back. And uh <clears throat> I don't think I don't think a lot of people know that I'm back yet also. Uh you know. I feel uh I feel like that law like familiar right it's my room everything's the same same place same environment i feel very comfortable here uh i feel very comfortable and that might not mean a good thing either let's leave it as that uh anyway we we have another episode lined up from the Chiang Mai Soul Connection series and I so so my guest today is uh, a, a good friend of mine a long friend a long time friend of mine uh, Xiao Hao we met a long time ago back when I think we when we were both starting out as yoga teachers in fact he came for my first ever class long long ago and then we ended up becoming friends i think it was a very random thing i think we, we we've seen each other in the same circles before and i think that was just an opportunity where i sort of spoke to him uh more more i spoke to him more that day i guess uh yeah very random very uh coincidental maybe it was all meant to be you know it's one of those things uh, and he has come to be he has he has come to become one of the most grounding and the most like nourishing friendships that I've had that that I've had the that I've had the honor of experiencing in the past few years so uh solid guy honest guy and above all very wise like he's lived many lives you know young guy but very wise and and i'm happy to have him on this podcast as well to share this conversation with you today if you're a long time listener and you like what you hear go to the coffee.com slash a mostly yoga page link website thing to show your support you can don't donate if you like to thank you in advance if you do and if you don't that's fine also you can always you can still listen to this for free and it will always be free to listen to i'm happy to 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 make all these because i like to talk to people and uh and and i'll continue to do this and 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 I'll continue to share all the interesting conversations that i have with people with you the listener um uh, what would we talk about let me see the things we talked about, very interesting. As always, all the things that I talk to my guests about, all very interesting. We talk about life in Chiang Mai, uh, the comparison of how things are back home in SG and how it is over there. We talk about consciousness. We talk about the universe. We talk about the evolution of the self. We talk about the words that we use on ourselves as well and how we speak to ourselves and how these words have magic. And we also talk about mantras and the magic behind it. Uh, 
fun thing also like throughout this whole uh conversation we have we had mantras playing in the background so it's a nice little touch very very appropriate i feel anyway without further ado let's just dive right into it here's my guest shao hope you enjoy it thank you wine You want to stop the music? No, can on higher a bit actually, just like by one level. Can lah, right? Can hear a bit. Uh, put it on the floor so in case it vibrates. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Um, we have a nice. I've I've never done this with background music before, so it's a nice touch. So I hope the people listening to it will enjoy. So we have some mantras going in the background. Um, let me just paint the picture for a bit. I'm sitting in front of my good friend Shahao, who I've had on the podcast previously, long long time ago, episode number three, and I'm, yeah,、oh, episode number two, yeah, and this is episode like probably like forty five, forty six, right? All the people that. Talk to that until you know full circle. I'm sitting in your new space, surrounded by、um, just your interpretation of you. Lo, I see bits of you everywhere. We have、uh, Miao Miao somewhere,、uh, lurking behind the sofa or, or wherever. And once in a while, she oh she he, he yeah、mm. he might pop out, make some noise. Just know that it's the cat.、Um, Of all the, the past few people that I've talked to, everybody has mentioned you on some level. And when I came back to Chiang Mai and I brought all my stuff, I knew that I was going to talk to you for sure because you're my friend. And I thought I was going to be you were the first person I will speak to first because I kind of I'm the closest to you. But then I ended up speaking to all the other people first before it came to you. And again, like while I was talking to them, everybody somehow mentioned something that you offered them.、Mm. And I was just like, wow, this is the impact that you've made、eh, to all these people around you and to the community that you've you've sort of been a part of. Before we even begin,、uh, I just want to, on behalf of everybody, you know, appreciate you and and very grateful for your presence. Thank you.、Hmm. And no lah, don't say me until like that lah. <laughs> But it's true that almost everybody I've spoken to that have said so、mm. many nice things about you.、Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, just to give the Listeners, the background of myself. So my name is Shao Hao.、Um, I previously was teaching yoga back in Singapore,、mm. and I decided to relocate to northern Thailand,、um, specifically Chiang Mai.、Um, about two, almost two years for almost two years now. So COVID, yeah, I I came over during、uh, closer towards the end of COVID, and these like. Almost two years have been like very very transformational、uh, and healing for me on the、um, personal and on a very deep level, which、um, can be quite difficult to express through language. It's like on a soul level.、Um, also because of you know just being in an environment that offers you a lot of nature, a lot of space, a lot of freedom. Um, and also, you know, as Singaporeans, we are very, very blessed、um, to be born in a country where we have 
um, this economic superiority or mm. supremacy where you know we have a strong currency and then so that gives us the um, opportunity more opportunities strong currency more, strong passport exactly <clears throat> and so I, I just feel like so blessed you know to be um, Singaporean and yeah <laughs> interesting mm. interesting like I mean as much as it comes with the blessings it comes with the curses so with like NS or with just mm. all the restrictions mm. but it's interesting that you are able to see that that, mm. that side of it so there's always like um, pros and cons right of being a uh, particular citizenship um, and for Singapore like de- definitely there are um, like advantages mm. to being a Singapore citizen like you have a good passport you have um, good education you know you, you speak two languages most people speak two languages and English being the main one um, gives you a lot of freedom to tra- when you travel um, and yeah but at the same time it does come with its own set of um, like disadvantages um, firstly you know easy, like. yeah nothing's easy and, yeah. and um, being in Singapore for uh, so I'm 28 this year being in Singapore for like 26 years of my life um, at that point it felt like okay it was time to close a chapter mm-hmm. uh, living in Singapore because I was feeling very stressed you know from um, you know being locked down uh, during COVID for two years um, feeling unhappy feeling very disconnected from myself feeling disconnected from others and especially with nature because like Singapore has so little nature it's basically like a, a city right like we do have a lot of green spaces but one of the challenges that I found was it was very hard to find like a space where I could be totally alone even if I were to go to a park like there would be people around and it's almost it's almost you can <laughs> almost never find yeah. a spot just yeah. to be by yourself in Singapore yeah and at that point um, yeah I just felt like okay I couldn't really um, see myself building a future here um, and so I decided to take the leap to um, yeah just move to uh, Chiang Mai at that time and have you been before? Uh, yes actually yeah. my first it was my first country that I came to when I was 5 years old and I remember that trip very clearly it was with my parents when I was yeah when I was 5 and we came to Chiang Mai at of that time places, yeah. of all places full circle and that was the year 2000 so it's like the turn of the millennium mm. as well and I just remember that trip very very clearly even though it's so Five long ago old, yeah. yeah you know I remember uh, me and my dad we were on an elephant the elephant was crossing the river and then the elephant pooped into the river and mm. I was just like so happy <laughs> you know, just so happy as a kid um, yeah and just feel so so blessed so blessed to be here um, yeah how's it been so far it's been really nice uh, so my girlfriend now my fiance moved hey, over thank you moved over with me um, about three months ago so mm-hmm. we were doing long distance for about one year plus which was quite challenging on the relationship yeah um, because you know coming to Thailand has always been my idea but mm. it was never really her idea, idea. Um, yeah actually like on our first date I told her that you know we were talking about our goals our Mm. dreams like our visions for the future 
and then I mentioned to her that oh my dream is to move to Thailand and you know maybe start a farm or start a retreat center or something and I've always had this dream for a long time uh, even when I was a teenager like back in high school I always had this calling um, and affinity towards mm. Thailand for some reason I love the culture I love the people I love the nature I love the food yeah pretty much everything mm. and yeah so I told her on our first date and she obviously thought I was joking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, look where we are now <laughs> look, look where we are now <laughs> like two years yeah. later um, yeah living the dream eh, literally well like I don't want to paint like too rosy of a picture because you know living here just relocating here has its own set of challenges mm. as well you know living in a totally foreign country where you don't speak the language um, you know you don't know when I first came here I didn't know anyone um, yeah and really just trying to um, find a S- footing a yeah start a new life from scratch here uh, but at the same time like it does come with its rewards mm. which to me and to uh, my fiance we feel that you know it's the kind of life that we want to pursue you know we don't need like uh, a condo we don't need um, like a big car or like material things um, like what we prefer is freedom of time freedom to pursue what we really want to pursue you know our interests our hobbies our passions and also to um, basically serve, you know, in the way that we want to serve, mm. which we felt, um, or rather I felt, was a little bit difficult um, back in Singapore. Because mm. at one point when I was teaching uh, full-time, I was teaching, you know, close to 20 to even up to 25 classes a week, yoga. And that is a lot. I was, yeah, I was burnt out at mm. one point because it was just like repetition over and over again. Of course, I'm very, very appreciative of you know my um, past journey teaching mm. yoga in Singapore. But I also felt uh, quite limited by um, what most students were expecting in class because most, or maybe I'm generalizing here, right? But this is what I felt. Um, like a lot of my students were kind of looking for more of a physical practice. Mm. So they wanted to sweat. They wanted more like a workout which uh, yeah was fun at times but uh, at the same time I was finding it quite difficult to offer more in-depth classes Mm. or even to go a little bit more deeper into the spiritual aspect of yoga Um, like even chanting om Mm. in class was a challenge for me because I felt like oh you know do my students feel uncomfortable Uh, you know are people um, do they actually enjoy this Mm. I personally enjoy it very much but uh, yeah you know being in um, that environment was a little bit challenging for me but of course that may be my own self-limiting beliefs um, yeah coming from that coming from that space or so I do agree Singapore is a city Singapore not a lot of people are open to certain things or certain ideas because that's how they were brought up, you know. Um, people don't like to step out of that comfort space or to do anything you. How to say? Uh, like you don't want to stand out. Mm. You know what I mean. Mm. 
And in yoga, there are so many aspects of it. There's the physical, there is the spiritual, and modern yoga is most of the time just an exercise, no? As much as you want to hold on to that spiritual side of things. But, that, you know, in one in a one-hour class, what uh, you know, that's all you can offer, what, right? Uh, you can't really share as much as you can. Yeah, and if we, like, go back to even the meaning of the word yoga, mm. right? Like, yoga means union right and um what union means to me at least is basically union with your soul with your higher self with the not only the physical body but you know with your emotional body with your mental body with your spiritual body and also union with everything else Mm. that is around you because essentially right ultimately everything else around us is us is a reflection of who we are and um, yeah, I felt like teaching uh, mainly asana-based classes was quite limiting in really bringing out that aspect of union of yoga. Um, because say in a one-hour class, um, you can't do like a fifteen-minute meditation, mm-hmm. right? Because then that takes up like a quarter of your time, and maybe some people don't appreciate that. But you know, when you have the space and when you have more time when people aren't really in a rush then you can do like a much longer class where you can really weave in aspects of say chanting aspects of um, singing even or aspects of quiet meditation sitting breathing exercises and um, I feel like that's more of a holistic practice Mm. and it's something that I also kind of look forward to offering um, in the future like I'm not sure how it takes shape yet but I, I feel like a calling to um, facilitate that, yeah. yeah some retreats or um, events yeah here in Chiang Mai and especially for Singaporeans because I feel and this is my, my feeling right um, that many Singaporeans we are so busy we are so busy you know caught up in our work in our jobs in trying to earn money you know just to survive just to put food on the table i mean look at how expensive singapore has gotten in just the past like 10 years you know rents are not even 10 years at like two years yeah in like past that, yeah two five two to five years um rents are so expensive now buying a house is so um out of reach for mm. most ordinary people and like even though people they seem to be um of course i'm i'm generalizing again Mm -hmm. right like people seem okay on the surface but i feel there's so much emotional healing and spiritual healing to be had um and i also feel that you know singaporeans are looking for that more and more singaporeans Mm -hmm. are looking for that and um just being in a bigger country that offers you more nature more space more um, just freedom to breathe and freedom mm-hmm. to relax, um, mm-hmm. to have some time down um, and not have to think about work, not have to think about your job, not have to think about money so much. That offers you more space mm-hmm. and time to be with yourself, to be with Mother Nature, to be with Mother Earth, to be with community, to be with your friends. And to really, I think, um, understand yourself on the deeper level so much better and I feel like 
part of my journey in the past uh, two years has been about this has been about you know connecting with this deeper part of myself um, and you know just um, I feel so so thankful you know being having the opportunity to be in a place that offers you this um, yeah I just feel so blessed and the past I mean like from the times that I know you uh or like rec- the, the recent times the, the things that you've been sharing you always mention how you want to share this with specifically like Singaporeans and I can relate because as I mean I'm Singaporean also things back home are a little bit different like compared to here where you have space you have nature you are so close to it and you only get to realize the you only get to realize what you don't have until you experience the thing right so like back home like you're just used to concrete jungle you're used to grinding you're used to like working 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 and then like you know paycheck to paycheck and just trying to struggle and then when you come here like hey the life is different here Mm. and then you start to realize that this can be a possibility like life Mm. doesn't have to be in a particular way it's just that we've been conditioned to to be to think that way previously and then now, when you get the, the opportunity to see how it can be, then it become, you become a little bit more enlightened. Or, mm-hmm. And I think everybody on some level want to seek spirituality, want to mm. seek a deeper meaning in life, not just wake up and work and then like earn money. Yeah. And like, but for most most people back home, that is how their life is because they, they are not aware of any mm. other alternative. Mm. And remember I was sharing with you, I think last week, mm. that... Um, so my my belief or my the way i see things right is that our souls before we reincarnate into our human bodies before we come into the physical world we basically choose our life we choose the place that we are born we are, we choose our parents we choose which family to be born into and not just because of karma not just because of um you know like your past lives and all that but it's also because your soul has this desire to learn something from this particular lifetime. Mm. And so then it chooses this specific set of conditions, specific set of circumstances to be born in a place like Singapore, to grow up, you know, through the Singapore education system, you know, to grow up in a Singaporean society with, you know, all the uh, conditionings that are uh, a part of being in Singapore society, as well as, as well as the benefits, you know, of being in Singapore society. So, my personal belief is that people who choose to reincarnate in Singapore are actually quite advanced souls Mm. in my view and because like to be honest like Singapore is a challenging place to live on a spiritual level Mm. you know we have wealth we have material wealth we have um, security we have security we have you know a, a good government good governance we have a lot of things to be thankful for but at the same time, I personally feel it's not quite a conducive environment for spiritual growth, you know, spiritual development, mm. or even um, it's not a very healthy environment for emotional um, emotional health and well-being. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, why are we talking about this? Okay, advanced souls, right. Yeah, so we choose our lives right like Aaron choose 
your parents for a reason. You choose to be born in in to your family in your family for a reason, and that includes you know um, all the sufferings that come all, with that life, lah. All the lessons, all the challenges that come with that life, so that you can bloom into a beautiful flower. You know because it's like it's like having a seed being planted in the soil, right? Or a caterpillar, you know, going into its cocoon. As a caterpillar is in its cocoon, it's it's quiet. It's it's you know, it feels stuck kind of. It's like trapped in this little space. But at the same time it's a necessary process of its own evolution. Because then when once it breaks free of its cocoon it can fly, can spread its wings. And yeah, and I feel like um having grown up in Singapore is kind of like that in a way because okay you 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 work hard you know you study hard you have to get good grades you spend like 10 hours in school you know working on your homework and all that and then after that you go to uni and after that you go get a job I felt like that was for me a necessary process of growth even though it was quite challenging and my mental and emotional health wasn't at its best um, at some points like I was even suicidal back in Singapore and yeah but now looking back I see that as a necessary growth process that um, shapes us into who we are now right because without the challenges without um, all this we wouldn't be able to step out of that and grow to become bigger and I don't know if I'm making sense but um, yeah and to put this in perspective on a bigger level if we look at the whole universe right what is one law of the universe or one law of nature one law of nature is evolution mm. right uh, we see that in our physical world through the evolution of species you know like billions of years ago we don't even exist mm. you know the only living things were plants and then um, you know the first uh, like animals that appeared were like fish in the ocean and we evolve over millions and billions of years into dinosaurs into animals into monkeys and then now here we are mm. as conscious human beings who have language who have culture who have music who have sophisticated society and technology so what a long way we have come right and so uh, if we just look at nature we can learn so much because we see that okay one law of nature is evolution and if planet Earth herself is evolving in that way through her expressions, which are different species, right? Like all of us are basically expressions of Mother Nature. Then what's not to say that the whole universe is moving in the same way? So let's say if we believe in uh, creation or like the Big Bang or whatever created the universe, the universe is expanding. So the universe is always moving bigger and bigger and it's evolving not only in physical space or through time hmm. it's also evolving through consciousness right because at the core of everything is consciousness. essentially consciousness hmm. um, like you are consciousness you are consciousness yeah. expressed as Aaron yeah. right? and I am consciousness expressed as Xiao Hao my cat is consciousness expressed as the cat and so once you see the world with that perspective then everything kind of becomes sacred 
right? Because then everything is an expression of God, if we want to use that word. Or, you know, um, everything is an expression of universe, the mm. universe. Everything is an expression of that divine power, that divine um, source, that divine mm. part of ourselves. And when when we start to see life in that way, everything starts to become so beautiful because then we see, okay, Singapore society is a particular expression of consciousness mm. at a certain frequency, right? And then um, it's always evolving also, right? So then we, we, we can... Uh, we, so... <laughs> Go on, just keep going, yeah. Okay. A bit hard to explain with language, um, but I'll try my best, right? So once we see, right, that the whole universe is expanding and evolving mm. through space, through time, and most importantly, true consciousness, then we see that we can also apply that into our lives, right? Because basically, as human beings, as you and I, we are expressions of the universe. We are literally the universe expressing itself as human beings, as conscious, mm -hmm. breathing human beings. And when we see that, right, then um, we can apply that to our lives because when we come to a point where we have to make a decision, any decision, we simply have to ask ourselves, okay, is this decision moving me towards the path of evolution? Or is this decision moving me toward the path of um, non-evolution, mm. of you know, stagnation, of um, the status quo? You know? mm. And once we see that the whole universe is moving in the direction of evolution, then it becomes so much easier on a personal level to choose the, the decision the right that yeah. is based on your personal evolution because then you have the whole universe behind your back because yeah. literally the force of the universe helping and you. nature is moving along with you, it's pushing you along the way because you are moving now in alignment with the universe, which is evolution, right? And <laughs> so beautifully phrased there. And like I understand and I relate to it completely. Yeah. I have never been a religious person. Mm -hmm. And I, I've all, mo most of my life I've never been religious. Until one day I was. Mm. Where and when we when we say God, we 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 that's just a term to, to a blanket term to, to categorize everything unknown, everything spiritual, everything is was and will be but conventionally we think God is Jesus or, 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 or Muhammad or Brahma or whoever but they're all the same essentially and I always had this idea of like okay religion is believing in a particular secular thing but now I, I'm, I'm proud to say that I am religious and yesterday um, a few days ago when I was chatting with Jackson and we were talking about how um, every choice that you make has to be made in the name of God and every choice and 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 what you mentioned also about how whatever that you do you must do it in the name of that pursuit of of something higher than yourself moving towards that evolution moving towards that change moving towards that consciousness and then once you feel aligned with that everything works around you to help you and and, and you are cause and effect of what's been happening. You mm -hmm. had an intention, you set your mind to it, and you were moving in a space, not just for yourself, but for mm. everybody else. Every time I talk to you, you're always talking about, oh, um, 
the people back home or the people in the community here and how you want to bring nature closer to people and that is something that the universe wants mm. and because you are a vessel for that act everything around you now has formed to to shape that into fruition so it's it's an amazing insight and also like a like like I can f- feel and I can see the, the effects of of that happening lo mm. that that evolution Wow, there's like so many topics opening up, but uh, put a pin. But, uh, oh, I'll, let me just say one more thing. Uh-huh. So, like from the times that I know you, long time ago, like fucking five years ago, or whatever, and then two years ago, and then last year, and then this year, you are a completely different person each time I see you. Eh? <laughs> and that is the evolution of you, right? And all and of it, us are like yeah. everybody is like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. Going back to the thing about religion, right, and God. Um, it's a touchy subject um, but at the same time okay how to say uh, <laughs> collect your thoughts uh, yeah, if you need to okay. hey, aging water hey, water break <laughs> you know, I bought this uh Yesterday I was at 7-Eleven and I bought this thing. It's lavender, eh? Mm. So I was like, eh, quite cool, eh? I keep sniffing it now. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to Thailand, Thai, eh? Yeah, Thai thing. <laughs> yeah, I love this, this... What do you call this? Uh, there's a Thai... Yadom. Yadom. Uh, it's Which literally is like... The, the uncle the inhaler medicine thing. medicine smell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smelling medicine. <laughs> well, I love it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, so what are your thoughts on God? <laughs> <laughs> Well, personally, like, I see God in everything, in in every living being, in every human being, in every animal, every plant. Um, it's a contentious subject, right? Because if we basically see, um, you know, in modern society, what are the two main uh, arguments of existence, right? One is creation, which is, what most of the religions subscribe to, whereas one is science, um, which uh, propagates that uh, consciousness is a product of evolution, mm. right? But the way I see it, right, it's not one or the other. They are basically the two sides of the same coin, because we I love are this duality. Eh? <laughs> basically, we are created to evolve, so we are both the creation and the creator, mm. right? We we created ourselves to evolve to evolve and evolve and to evolve into you know just evolution of consciousness right Mm. because imagine if you were God and nothing existed the universe did not exist all you had was oneness all you knew was oneness was peace was love was compassion that oneness but then you wouldn't know what is love you wouldn't know what is peace or compassion if the opposite of that did not exist right because if you did not have, say, violence, you wouldn't understand what is peace. If you did not have, like, fear, you wouldn't know what is love. Mm. And then so, as creators, um, God decided to create this world of duality so that we, you know, as expressions of God, can experience that duality. And from that, consciously choose the path that we want to be on right so we are always making a choice at every point in our lives um 
most people in modern society they probably make choices unconsciously mm. but we are still making a choice you know yeah, you wake say, up you brush your teeth yeah. you eat breakfast all these are choices yeah exactly or even you know the choice of uh, which society you want to be in that is also a choice but you know we we assume that okay once we're born into a certain place then this is where mm. we're supposed to be uh, even though we have the choice to literally move or go anywhere we want to go and of course i'm speaking from a privileged point of view um yeah but on a bigger level right um the universe exists because of choice like why did we choose to create ourselves mm. and so my view is that as god um very hard to explain with words let me try um you're doing good so far so god wants to know how far it can go mm. right god wants to know what he or she can create what um what it's capable of right what consciousness is capable of and then so god creates all these universes all these worlds and all these beings which are all expressions of god of consciousness right and so through these experience or through these expressions of consciousness like say as you Aaron is uh, experiencing life very differently from how I'm experiencing life and say somebody on the other side of the planet is experiencing life in a totally different manner from how we are experiencing life but if we see that all consciousness is essentially connected right then God what God is is basically a network of consciousness mm. a network of all consciousness not just only of human beings but all the consciousness of all the living beings in our planet because say the way the cat a cat experiences life or expresses life would be totally different from the way a human being expresses or experiences life mm. and so because god wants to experience all that life has to offer we create all these different forms of consciousness to experience the beautiful world that we live in the everything all yeah so from basically everything, everything from the highest everything and the lows is god. everything yeah. everything you experience is exactly is part of that law exactly and um i think it's especially powerful when you step into nature when you step into a real forest or real jungle and then you look at the trees you look at the plants you look at waterfalls the way the water runs across the stream you can really start to see that oh there is a perfect design behind this there is a creator there is a designer and at the same time you know all of us are expressions of that consciousness mm. of that divinity and because we are expressions of god that ultimately means that we are god himself or herself expressed through us I love this 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 perspective. <laughs> like when I and and it's, and it's especially pronounced in nature, mm. where like you said, you look at the waterfall, you look at the tree. Like say, you look at the tree, you look at the the branches, yeah. the intricacy of the branch, the flow of the leaves, yeah. and hey, the, the leaves are flowing because the wind is blowing. Mm. Hey, the wind is blowing because the mountains block and and mm. push the air in a particular way. And that's why I can see the the leaves rustle, and I can see the clouds behind it, and I can see the sun shining through the clouds, and the, yeah. the rays hitting the droplets of water on the leaf, and blah blah. And all this, you 
you, you think it's just there, you know? You think it's just suddenly I woke up and then the tree is just there. Like, this is created, this is put mm. here, and the wind is blowing in this direction, and the mountain is there, all because of a, 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 a giant design. No? And who and then who created this design? The more when we look at something, or rather, when we take the time to just be still and to just look at the tree, like something so simple, and look at the fucking tree. And then if you have a deeper understanding of yourself and of your world, and you can see that one thing, and you can and you can think of all these different things, then life becomes a little bit more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm you looking for? You see that you're connected. Yeah, you. It's bigger. Everything. Something is yeah, bigger than bigger. you. Yeah, and you're not just you. Yeah, but you are a part of mm. everything that's around you. You're not just your individual self. Mm. You're not just your ego self. But you are essentially a part of everything and we forget else. we forget because yeah. we are not we don't get to see mountains like that exactly. every day we don't get exactly. to see the forest you exactly know? and so living in a city it's very easy to forget mm. um, who we really truly are deep down at our core because deep down at our core who we really truly are are we are nature we mm. are basically mother nature herself expressed as human beings expressed mm. as this species called human beings and just because, you know, human beings, we have um, the most superior, like, mental capacity on the planet, we kind of just put ourselves on the pedestal and we see that, okay, we are so much better than mm. all the other species and we start to, you know, really conquer the world. Like, I think, like, every corner of the world is now, um, like, kind of, like, conquered by human beings. And, yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about that because... I understand that this is, you know, a natural process of evolution, but at the same time, I feel that humanity is at such a critical point because, like, we literally have the power to destroy mm. Mother Earth. We'll push of a button. Exactly, but at the same time, we also have the power to look inwards, to um, turn inwards to ourselves, to, you know, really look deep and notice and remember that we are a part of all of this you know mm. like mother earth is our only home and that we have to really take care of her start to take care of her and so i have a pine cone on my altar if mm. you can just take it the big one or the small the one? big one like we were talking about we were talking about the design of nature right and if you just look at the bottom Ooh. of this pine cone you start to see that there is some sacred design mm. like it looks like a mandala mm. you know it looks like um yeah like so we have this I've like, never fucking <laughs> seen a, I've never had a pine never cone before a pine cone. this is for you bro hey. this is for you <laughs> I don't want to take it like, no 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 take it like I have a lot oh thanks man yeah and and yeah you can see like the patterns mm. of it and then once you see that it's like wow this did not happen by accident like Mother Earth created this mm. out of you know intelligence, out of consciousness or something. Right? <laughs> I'll take a picture for the Alright. Thanks man. Yeah. Yeah, la, like when you look at when you look at anything through a microscope, you start mm. to see all the fractals, you start to see all the patterns. Mm. This is like the you're you essentially looking at like the the fiber of exactly. the universe, you know. And you don't even need to look in the microscope because what you see in a microscope 
is what you see on the material day, plane. Yeah, but what you see on the energetic plane, on on a different dimension, yeah. on a different frequency, is totally different. Right? And so, like, say, in deep states of meditation, or when you're in nature, or even for me, like, um, singing kirtans, when I'm in kirtans, mm-hmm. uh, kirtans are basically uh, uh, circles where we sing spiritual songs and mantras. Um, yeah, in those states, like, you can start to see the fabric of existence and basically what's uh, behind the physical world or what exists together with the physical world, the, the fabric of, you know, our physical world is vibration. Mm. We are essentially energy vibrating at different frequencies, right? Like say, um, Aaron is, Aaron's body is vibrating at a certain frequency 0. 0.5 to 6, 7, whatever <laughs> yeah whatever and then like everybody everybody's vibrating in different frequency right because if everything is energy then form is essentially just energy expressed or vibrating in a particular frequency or a particular vibration so there was this uh, experiment by this Japanese doctor Dr. Imoto where he took um, basically water from a stream and he put them into many different uh, glasses, different jugs. And so on each each jug, he labeled them with different labels. So on one uh, jug, he would label them with love. Okay, on another one, he would label anger. On another one, he would label fear. On another one, he would label joy and all these. Right, so he left them there for a while. And after a while, like after a week or something, he came back and, take, and took samples from each different uh, jug of water and they all came from the same stream but they were charged with different energies right because words are basically energy expressed through language and so on the on the jugs that contain um, had the label of positive affirmations like love like joy like peace and he put the water under the microscope he could see that the fractals of the water were so beautiful were, were like were like just like mandalas were like very beautiful and when he took the samples from the jugs labeled like anger or fear or hatred he could see that the water droplets were actually toxic were like poisonous were um very ugly and yeah i'll send you the youtube Mm -hmm. video um yeah so it's very fascinating to me because the water came from the same source but because they were given a different sort of energy now they are vibrating at a different frequency and we can actually see that physically mm. in the structure of the water molecules under a microscope. And then so what that tells me is that, you know, words are so powerful and not only it's not only about words, but basically energy, the way the way we choose to vibrate, you know, the frequency at which we choose to vibrate our own energy has such a huge impact on not only our bodies but on our whole experience of life on our mental state on our emotional state on everything mm. right? and so then we also talked about this last week about self-talk about you know self-image about the words that we use um, for ourselves yeah. and this becomes important because then like you are your most important critic or most important supporter right like we literally have the power to choose you know whether we want to support ourselves or whether we want to criticize ourselves and when we do that when we when we say that we criticize ourselves even unconsciously or subconsciously right when we we say things like okay law just do law like 
no choice, you know, I, I just need to do this, then we kind of disempower ourselves because um, yeah, we take away the power from ourselves to see that you we actually have a choice, but we consciously choose to make this decision, right? Uh, let's say, um, like, yeah, one phrase that a lot of Singaporeans like to use is like, no oh, choice. no choice, oh. I just got to do this, right? <laughs> no choice. Like, no choice, I just got to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go and do, right? <laughs> but yes, maybe, you know, on a certain level, it's true. Like, yeah, you have to go to work to earn money to uh, put food on the table. On a certain level, on the very surface level, you know, that may be true, but you can still choose to use um, more positive words for yourself. Like instead of saying, like, okay, no chance, I gotta go to work. You can say, today I consciously choose, I consciously make the decision to go to work because I see that it's empowering me to put food on the table. Mm. And then when, when we say this kind of like positive affirmations or we simply just change the language that we use for ourselves, that creates such a huge impact in our lives because then we empower ourselves and we start to see ourselves in a different light right instead of seeing ourselves as in a victim mentality when we you know like we're just receiving everything that life pushes to us Mm. instead of seeing ourselves in that light we start to see ourselves as creator beings we start to see ourselves as literally the creators of our lives you know not just products of decisions or uh, conditionings that has been placed upon us so when we start to say, okay, I consciously choose to go to work today or I consciously make the decision to relocate to Thailand, even though I understand the risk involved, we start to empower ourselves to see that, okay, we made this choice because we essentially love ourselves. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I hope I expressed that yeah. well enough. Very um, well. Very well, very relatable, and I also remember that conversation that we had at the one time we place, <laughs> and I and it was very, it was a very simple catch up, you know, last week, but very profound, and I and I had a lot of things to, like, I held on to a lot of the words that you said, mm. and I even like when I met Jackson, Craig, all these people, mm. Atum, I was still like. I was still telling them like, yeah, I met Shao the other day and he asked me this question and he shared this with me and I was like, oh, what is my intention here? Mm. You know, the words that I say to myself. Was mm. like, Something such such a very simple catch up, but it's still... Simple but so important. So important. The words yeah. that we speak to and ourselves. And I kept thinking about it, I kept thinking about it mm. and then I, I ended up, uh, I, I wrote in my notes like a, a, um, a new kind of mantra to say to myself. Mm. Like I re- redefined the words that I'm using. Mm which is very helpful. Mm. So again, like I, I give uh, gratitude for that. And it is important, like say, to, to, to share on, on this platform or so, like the words that we tell ourselves, whether it's so simple, like... Mm. Uh, uh, like no you choice. think it, it doesn't matter. You think matter. it's no choice, but it, it, yeah. it, it, it will um, compound, you know, exactly. to, to the point where like... Exactly. Like imagine you say every day I go to work, no choice law, no yeah. choice, no choice. It, yes, there is no choice because you have to show up to work. But also, like, once you've framed yourself in a particular way, now I'm someone that has no power. Exactly. Everything I do, I, I can't control. Because mm. there's no choice, man. Mm. Now, I, if I want to do anything, even if it's something that I want to pursue, 
oh, I can't because something is stopping me. Uh, mm. Therefore, it's an external thing that, that I can't control. So, uh, you know, I guess I'll just mm. be trapped here. Exactly. But if you shift it to like what you mentioned about how I'm doing this for the benefit of whatever, whatever, I'm in control now. I'm the boss. Mm. And if I can create this, yeah. I can create anything essentially. Yeah. So if like, say I'm unhappy in a certain position and I'm in, I create another thing that I am mm. and I have the ability to and the power to and the confidence to mm. because this this is so far I've been doing that ma. every mm. day I create food on the table mm. so now I can create something else exactly exactly and then all true words eh? that ties back to evolution right because if we put ourselves in a disempowered state we see ourselves as victims of our reality mm. then we don't have the power to evolve because you're just simply receiving whatever mm. things are being thrown to you but then once you see that, oh no, actually you have the choice, you know, uh, of what you want to make of your life, you start to see yourself as a creator, you start to see yourself as having the ability and the power and really the right, you know, to a human right, basic human right to make choices that you want to make mm. because you are expression, you are a sacred expression of consciousness as a human being, you know, you have the ability to make your life the way you want it then you see that, okay, this is also a step in evolution because now we make conscious choices. Like say, imagine, right, an um, uh, uh, animal, like say a tiger or a lion, they have animal instincts, like of hunting, of you know procreation, of uh, taking care of their young. And these may not be conscious choices that they make. You know, it's just something that they know within their body okay, I need to do this, right? But as human beings, we, we, we have evolved into this particular life form that we actually have the power to make a conscious choice as to what we want to do. Okay, do I want to eat breakfast today? Do I want to eat lunch today? You know, I, I, can have, I can make the choice to stuff myself with food. I can make the choice to go on a fast today. I can make a choice to eat a vegetarian or to eat meat today. I can make the choice. Mm. And so as human beings, we actually have that power to make conscious choices. And I feel like that is moving us, you know, more and more in the direction of evolution. Every choice, like, let me go back to what we said, every choice made in the name of God it serves a higher purpose other mm. than yourself and it moves you to that, evolu that evolutionary place. Yes, yes, yes and no. So if I could rephrase that, because if we say that every choice made in the eyes of God, right? Then we kind of put God as an external entity oh. from ourselves. But if we say we are making a choice that feels like it's serving our own higher good mm. because you essentially are God, right? That's if true. you remember it's the same that thing it's the same thing, it's the same way. thing. Amazing. So if you see that, okay, I'm making this choice, which I feel is the best choice for my own personal evolution, my, self, my higher self, you are already moving in the direction that the universe wow. wants to move in right? because you are essentially the universe or mm. God expressing through you, mm. experiencing through you. Mm. Yeah, and without you, God wouldn't be able to experience life in the way that you experience life. Mm. So then you are actually a blessing in the world. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> this kind of thing you need to contemplate on. Yeah, and... I mean, I, 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 there's only so much that we can express with words, and um, the reason like why I, I can, like I express this so, 
comfortably and so easily is because I've had a experienced it on mm. a experiential level because it's different to understand it on an intellectual level and to feel, versus to see to really to feeling touch, yeah, to, to really there. experiencing it that's that's different and that becomes like okay you know that it's real instead of only listening to um, someone else talking about it so I guess like for the listeners you know listening to our podcast you don't have to believe like everything that I'm saying or everything that we are talking about go out there and find your own answers go out there and experiment and really experience what truth means for you mm. and because what I'm sharing today is what truth means to me mm. this is my truth this is my truth that I want to express but it doesn't mean that it is someone else's truth I'm, I'm not saying that everyone has to believe it everyone has to say that okay this is the way that things are mm. um, that's why you know having um an experience of God or of oneness or that sense of union or yoga on an experiential level is so much more powerful than only understanding that on an intellectual level and to have that on an experiential level you have to put yourself in an environment that is conducive for that right mm. because um, your environment shapes your, you like. your environment affects your experience and so being in an environment of nature, you know, being in an environment where you have fresh air, where um, you have good food, where you don't have to stress every day, that is so supportive. That can be so supportive in your own personal journey of spiritual and personal evolution, I feel. So, yeah. <laughs> Man. Tell me about your healing journey and how nature has shaped who you are today. Mm. So when I first... Um, let's see where to start. So yeah, I think COVID, you know, being in Singapore during COVID was a really, really difficult time for me. You know, I was in a quite a dark place. Um, because I couldn't teach yoga mm. uh, in the studios. Couldn't right? because, do anything. Yeah, you couldn't do anything. Couldn't go out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still went out. <laughs> yeah, like, until you couldn't, no? Until yeah. you, like, you couldn't even go to the malls. Or something. Yeah. Mm, yeah, so I was in quite a dark place. And so it was both a push factor out of Singapore. At the same time, it was also a pull factor from Thailand, you know the nature, um, the affordable cost of living, um, the culture, the food. So it was both push from Singapore and a pull from Thailand. Which is the perfect perfect amount of like drive already. Yeah, You need something to move towards and something to run away from. Yes. Um, but you're not exactly running away from anything, right? Because when, when we express it in that way, then what's the energy that we're bringing to the table? Fear. Yeah, it's like fear or you're like escaping something. Um, okay. The way I choose to see it or describe it is that I'm consciously choosing to move to a place that is supportive for my spiritual growth mm. and my potential future well, you have with a, my You have a neck of like... Just reframing, yeah, reframing, reframing yeah, yeah, because reframing is so powerful. Yeah. Because let's say if you say that, oh, I'm uh, escaping 
Singapore because I don't want to live this life. Then tone to what it. kind of energy are you actually starting your journey on? Right. Interesting. As opposed to you say that okay, okay. I'm closing a chapter here in this country. I appreciate and I'm so thankful. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful for all the gifts, all the blessings that I've had in this country. But I feel that this country is no longer supportive or no longer conducive for my personal growth, my spiritual growth. And I'm consciously making the choice to move to another place that can be supportive for my personal growth because this is what I prioritize, right? And it's different for everybody. Like some people prioritize material wealth. Some people prioritize like, you know, um, economic prosperity, economic wealth. Uh, that to me is not so important. Like, yes, it's important, you know, to have money to have abundance, uh, material abundance to, to live in this world. But to me, like I, that's not my main priority. Right? Personally, my main priority is my well-being, my emotional well-being, my spiritual growth, my spiritual journey, and also that of my future family. Right? And so then, as an adult, you have to make that conscious choice of, okay, is this place the right place for me? If it's not, okay, what are my other options? And then you consider all your other options. So as much as, you know, it was both a push and pull, it was also a very calculated decision. Like I always thought I'd do it in my mid-30s or late-30s where, you know, I worked for maybe like 10 plus years, save up some money first, be more like financially stable and move first. But COVID kind of really fast-forwarded everything. COVID kind of pushed me like, Go, just go, because there's really no more time. And so I kind of see it as a blessing in disguise, even though at that point in time, I was really, really suffering in Singapore, you know, feeling very stifled, feeling like I wasn't able to breathe. I wasn't able to, you know, do do anything that I wanted to do. Um, yeah, but looking back, I see that it was the universe pushing me, just go, because you can do it. Just go, you'll make it work somehow. And... Like, honestly, like, you know, now, like, my financial situation is not st as stable as I want it to be. You know, income is okay for now, but it comes and it comes and goes, right? And I think, like, especially when it comes to spiritual work, um, income can be quite a challenging thing. Because on one hand, you want to offer, you want to serve, you want to really offer and facilitate in people's healing journeys but at the same time you want to make it affordable hmm. for people so you don't want to charge so high but at the same time you want to be fair to yourself hmm. so i'm still at that point where i'm kind of like you know struggling to find a balance like what is you know like the right amount to charge so that you know i'm fair to the hmm. uh the participant and at the same time i'm fair to myself so that's a whole nother conversation altogether but yeah just coming back to um, my own healing journey it started from making that conscious choice that okay I want to close this chapter in my birth country I give all my gratitude all my thanks for all the gifts all the blessings that I've received in this place but now in this point in my life it's time to move on to a new mm. place yeah um, and you know ever since coming to Thailand I started joining like different hiking groups and so then that really brought me into the forest, brought me into nature. And then I realized that, oh, I actually love being in nature so much. Like in high school, I was actually in the Scout CCA. Um, yeah, and we would go on hikes and 
looking back, like I majored in geography in my university. Like oh, why? Yeah. Why why did I major in geography? I could have chosen like business, I could have chosen like engineering, but somehow my heart or my soul chose geography. Back then I wasn't conscious that, you know, actually it was, you know, a really deep desire to learn more about nature. But looking back, now I understand, okay, it was my soul speaking to me that, okay, go learn about the world, go learn about human cultures, go learn about the uh, physical world, go learn about nature. And being here in Chiang Mai, you know, going on so many hikes, uh, going into so many places of nature, I really, really start to appreciate. And um, yeah, I just see so much beauty in, in all of it. And nature can be so healing, you know, um, and they have studies on this scientifically that if you just go barefoot in nature mm-hmm. because your, your feet are now physically touching the ground, uh, I'm not sure exactly like what happened scientifically, um, so don't take my word for it, but I think like electrons are transferred uh, between you and Mother mm-hmm. Earth. And then so you feel grounded, you feel like relaxed, you feel discharged, right? Because when we wear shoes, we have like the rubber soles or like plastic soles, and that blocks us from um, grounding yeah. into Mother Earth. Because if you think about it, what is the human body? The human body is literally a channel for energy, right? And so we, and we have all this bioelectric energy. And when we are on our phones or laptops or computers all day, you know, we are surrounded by Wi-Fi, all this energy, all this electricity is stored in our body and that can manifest itself as physical stress or as mental tension or as emotional stress. Um, And I I felt that, you know, back in Singapore um, and coming here, you know, really uh, putting my feet down on the ground, I can feel like, oh, wow, there's such a big difference. Mm. Um, yeah, you're literally grounded. You're literally touching Mother Earth herself. And not only that, you can feel Mother mm. Earth supporting you. Sometimes I just like to go alone, you know, into the forest and find a nice spot and just lie down on the ground, lie down beside a stream, lie down beside a lake or waterfall and just be, just, you know, allow yourself to relax. And I find that that can be so healing because just being in the, the frequency or the energy of nature, it has an impact on you, right? Because we are children of Mother Nature. And so what we need is that frequency, that surrounding, that environment that is natural for us. Mm-hmm. Like we, we naturally vibrate at a certain frequency and that frequency, we can get back into that frequency when we're in nature. Yeah. Mm. Um, and sometimes like being in a big city that kind of puts you out of your natural state that the human body is supposed mm. to be in. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to talk about like my spiritual healing because <laughs> it's just so difficult to put into words. Um, yeah, but just, you know, experiencing God, experiencing that sense of oneness, that sense of connectedness and divinity and sacredness in everything. And then you see that you are part of everything. Um, then that just shapes and that just transforms your whole worldview and your whole experience of life. It makes sense that we are, uh, like, you know, when you take off your shoes and you walk around nature, you can feel that connection. It makes sense. Why is it when we look at a mountain, we feel connected? Why is it when we look at the stars at night, the clouds in in the day, when we 
when we take a hike? Mm. Why do we feel exactly. something? What whatever that something is, you exactly. can't if you can't identify it. And maybe that something is just a feeling of connection, connection mm. to the unknown, connection mm. to nature, connection to yourself. And there is a difference when, like you know, you step on concrete, when you step on, and versus when you step on soil. soil. Yeah. There is an energy to it. It's life. What soil mm. is fertilizer, it births the plants around you. There is energy in that, whether we know or don't know. And especially, like for you, when you hike, you go off the deep end. Like, you go into those places that like need machete, like kind cut through the jungle. You know, and when you go deeper into that, you go in a sense closer. You know, and I guess for someone like you, you need that connect that kind of connection. Uh, some people find connection in animals. Like mm, I said, I, I find more true. connection in like people. Yeah. But that's all nature. It's all nature. It's all nature. It's expressed all in different yeah. forms. Yeah. So just moving to closer towards that thing that you resonate with the most is 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 also like healthy law. Mm. And you find more, at, you f- you feel more at peace with certain things. Mm. And also, if I can add, like music actually plays a mm. play, play, plays a big part. Which is so, it's vibration or so. It's vibration, literally like. The music that we listen to is so important. Um, you know, the lyrics that are in the music, the frequency of the music, because it affects us on a very, very deep energetic level. And I, I'm not sure if, you know, enough people are conscious of this. But um, yeah, like I was uh, recently, like I went to a club. I don't even go often, but I don't know why I went that time I was with friends. And the like music, in Ch- in Mai, yeah, yeah, in Chiang Mai, and then the music they were playing was so bad. Like, it was like rap music. It was like, I'm not saying that rap music is bad, yeah, right? But the lyrics in the music were about violence, uh, were about you know, um, yeah, that kind of thing. Were about drugs, were about violence, were about like sex, um, and it just took me to a very dark place because you know being um, pretty sensitive mm. to vibrations and energies. Even I pick up on the lyrics, even when I'm not consciously like listening to them, even though it's you know in the background or whatever. But you still hear I'm it. Listening, you still yeah, you still it, hear yeah. it because your your body, your mind takes it all in, even when you think you're not. So the only music that I listen to now is, um, either like instrumental music or mantras, mostly mantras and spiritual songs. Um, and I want to talk about mantras for a bit. <clears throat> so mantras are uh, basically. Um, affirmation? I'm not sure if they're affirmations. They, but are, like, they um, are like songs. Callings, uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Um, invoking. In- invocations, yeah, invocations of devotion to particular entities um, that are. And, and mantras are taken from uh, Buddhist traditions or Tibetan traditions or Hindu traditions. But they also exist in many parts of the world, right? As medicine songs from South America. The Ikaras. Yeah, uh, Ikaros. Yeah. Or um, yeah, rainbow songs from uh, more new age kind of cultures. But, you know, when we sing mantras, even uh, when we sing the name of deities. So, okay, let, let me also talk about deities for a moment. Um, if you talk about anything, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just Not trying to. I'm just trying to uh, structure, like it, structure it, structure it yeah, in yeah, a way yeah. that is uh, easy okay, for people to, to understand, right? So when we call, when we sing mantras, right, and the mantras contain names of deities, for example, like Om Namah Shivaya, 
or Om Tari to Tari Tari Soha, um, yeah, or, or any other mantras. When we call the deities, we're not actually calling a person that's sitting in the sky or, um, yeah, you know, or, or that kind of thing. But rather what we're calling is a particular energy mm. that a certain deity represents. Right, because mm-hmm. the deities themselves may or may not exist. We we will never know uh. exactly. But we we as human beings, we simply personify them mm. to express a certain emotion or a certain energy that would otherwise be very difficult to express through words. Mm. Right. So, for example, when we sing like Om Tare to Tare Tare Swaha, we are calling the the deity of Tara. Mm. Right. But at the same time we are also invoking the energy of compassion, the energy of love, um, the energy of kindness. And so for people who, you know, are maybe um, just having their uh, first interaction or interaction yeah, with uh, mantras, this is generally, you know, what uh, we do when we sing mantras. Uh, we sing to a deity we, we are calling we are invoking a particular deity but it's not a deity like how you would imagine a person to be it's mm. more like an energy form that is represented by a certain entity or a certain deity right and mantras for me I find particularly powerful and even more powerful when you sing them in a group in a circle because then the, the energy of everyone singing together brings you together into that magical place that 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 um almost like a, a different dimension where everyone is you know in sync everyone is vibrating on the same level and a recent insight that i've had on mantra singing is that because the tradition of mantra singing has been um has existed for so many thousands of years so the same mantras that we're singing today have been sung for many many generations back so essentially what we are doing is we're actually gathering or remembering the wisdom of the people that have come before us because Mm -hmm. the emotions that those people felt um, when they were singing thousands of years ago when we sing the same words when we sing the same songs when we sing the same mantras we are going back to the emotions or the energy that they were feeling at that moment in time. Um, it's again, it's difficult to express purely through language. Um, so I encourage like people to, you know, maybe attend the kirtan, maybe go listen to some mantras and see how that resonates with you. Um, yeah, some people enjoy it more than others. Uh, it really depends on on individual, right? But for me, it has been such a powerful tool for connection Mm. with spirit with god with divinity because when i sing the mantras of old the mantras that have been sung for so many years i feel like it was my past self singing to my present self so it's me in a past life singing Mm. those songs teaching me the lessons that i'm singing now and when we sing mantras now what we're also doing is we're also passing on the wisdom that we have in our lives to future generations who will also sing the, these songs mm. in their time. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it makes sense, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's such a beautiful way to describe this. Like a passing down, like a tradition. And it's it's not like you wrote a book mm. that someone else can read and to understand. It's it's like an energy being given. Exactly. And then received. It's it like telling again. a story yeah. through singing. It's so intuitive. That's why I find that you. I, I, that's why I feel like maybe you find it hard to explain. Yeah. Because it's so intrinsic. It's. it's but it's felt. It's, and it's, it's real. Felt, it's felt. Yeah. And it's experienced. It's not only put through language. Because language is a very one dimensional yeah. tool of it's only communication. Something that it's, language is like limited because I can only use these words to describe how I feel. I felt. Yeah. But, but the feeling. The feeling itself is 10 times. More, yeah. yeah, and the feeling itself exists in so many different dimensions yeah. that, and then now you have to compress it into uh, one dimension, which is language. Then mm. that's why I find it a challenge to express it through words. Um, yeah, but you know, true experience, true direct experience and feeling that is really where the power lies because then that's where you really go on that journey of mm. exploration, of discovery. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm trying to learn the guitar now, um, and it's my dream to, um, mm. yeah, even possibly you know host some kirtans or mantra groups in Singapore when I'm back, because I feel like oh this can be such a powerful tool for connection, uh, as I said before. I remember the first time you attended your first month, your oh, first kirtan, kirtan yeah. when I was there. Jeez. And then I remembered the feeling that I, I remember seeing how you were and how it affected you. And then like fast forward one, two years later when I came back and then like you are in the front row already, <laughs> playing the drums, singing along, leading the kata, like, hey, come on, like, who's this guy? Eh? But like, it's so amazing. Like I saw your first time attending exactly. and then now oh. you're leading it or co-leading it, lah, right? Yeah. At least you're you're one of the front people lah. <laughs> The, the few people that are in front you know wow. I remember my first kirtan yeah I was with you at Blossom Studio ah. and my first om like the first om that the group sang tears just started to flow out through my eyes like it just felt like oh you know a sense of homecoming like a sense mm-hmm. of coming home like oh this is what I really want this is what my soul really wants this is where I feel at home you know with the, this group of people this is my community this is these are the people that i can call my soul family and i don't know how to describe it but um when i sing and when you say you know like sit in the front row and all that it's not me it's um, not me as shaha but it's more like the universe is singing through me as me but um how to say uh, it's like it's not me singing, you know, when, when you're in that state, when you're in that space, it just comes out through you. It's, mm. it's you, yet at the same time, it's something bigger than you. So when I sing, it's the universe singing mm. as me, through me. Um, but the best way is to experience it. Mm. Yeah. So Saturday. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. If, if, yeah. I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will make excuses now. And I mean, I enjoy Kirtan, but like, I, I'm i still very self-conscious. Like I'll admit it. I, I don't like to sing. Uh, but I after 
I get into the groove of it, I might just sing Understand. to myself. I'm not gonna Understand. like belt la, but yep. I will I will chant along. Right. Because I it, it's like you you almost can't help it while well. you're right. already there and you are like feeling all these things and you want to be a part of this. Yeah. And the only thing that's limiting you is yourself. It's, yourself, it's, your, yeah. it's my own self-consciousness or my own ego that, that like, ah, oh, I say. Mm. But after a while, like you, nobody cares. Understand. Right? Nobody yeah. cares what. Yeah. And everybody's singing and then nobody can hear you whether you are, you sound uh, not nice or, or, yeah. what, or how your voice sounds. So it's not even about that anymore. Yeah. It's just about participation and just being a part of that law. And, and I think like, so mantra singing and kirtans is one form of yoga is bhakti yoga, bhakti where yoga. where it's really devotion, where um, you ex you you experience or you have an experience of God through devotion, through emotion, through feeling, and that's one part of union, one part of yoga. Mm. And from what I observe, for people who have more of a mental uh, capacity, right? They're more like mental kind of people, like they like to think about things. They they like to um use their intellect to make sense of things. Yeah, no. Then, yeah, that's a different path of yoga, right? And then so, when it comes to bhakti yoga or, or kirtans or mantra singing, they may feel a little bit reserved oh. at first or a little bit more self-conscious at first. And that's not a problem. That's just, 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 you know, a, you are a different constitution. Like, your your makeup is, this in, in, in this lifetime, you are, let's say, a yana yogi because you chose to be a yana yogi in this life mm. right and so i was having a conversation with jackson a couple of months ago and we were talking about you know bhakti yoga and yana yoga and mantra singing and you know like feeling from the heart and what jackson told me was very fascinating because he told me that deep down at his core okay so jackson is like quite a mental person like he likes to read a lot of books very intellectual um he told me that deep down at his core he knows that he's actually a heart person. He's mm. actually a bhakti person. But in this lifetime, he chose to come back as a very intellectual person. And because he wanted, his soul wanted to experience in this lifetime the recognition or the experience of God through the intellectual path. Because let's say in your previous lives, if you were already a bhakti yogi, you're already experience God through singing, through devotion, then you would be bored, right? Mm-hmm. Or you would you would be curious, like you would want to explore different paths to union, different paths to God. And then so perhaps, right, in a in a different lifetime we choose to come back with a certain constitution, with a certain uh structure mm-hmm. or a makeup. Because we want to learn the lessons that this particular avatar, right? has to offer us. It's like playing the same game with a different character. Exactly. Right? From exactly. Barbarian, you become like exactly. the hunter, exactly. the mage. <laughs> wow. So, but it's the same level. It's, it's the same it's, thing. It's all the same thing. But your different skill set. But different, yeah, <laughs> you're, power. you're playing uh, the game as a different wow. avatar, as a different character because you chose it before you were reincarnated yeah. at birth. And so, yeah, I mean, like I believe in reincarnation. Um, not necessarily in the traditional like Buddhist uh, sense where like okay if you do harm in this life then you, you, you can come back yeah something yeah. like that but not Past necessarily lives, uh, as that way but in a way where your soul you know your higher self consciously chooses the lives that you want to live 
because of the lessons or the experiences that you want to have playing this particular character. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is there's so much more like I want to talk about, but at the same time, I struggle to find the mm. words or I struggle to um, put it into language that communicates it um, effectively mm. to people through an experiential level because at the end of the day like yeah what we're talking is words um, but people have to experience it for themselves it's like yeah. you can take an hour to explain to, to tell someone what, what a mountain is mm. but it takes two seconds to like to see there, there yeah. it is exactly and then you know everything I'm talking about already. exactly exactly yeah and so this kind of also like ties into my vision like my long-term vision right like i want to uh open like retreat center here in northern thailand i'm not sure how it's going to pan out yet but Mm. like i i think i want to start you know uh like seriously hosting retreats like i've been procrastinating for quite some time now but also because i've been on my own healing journey and i felt like i wasn't in a space or place to offer uh you know to serve people mm. because i needed my own space but i feel like you know this next chapter that i'm stepping into yes i'm continuing on my own healing journey but at the same time i also understand that this is so needed in our world right now like you know people are so wanting like deep deep soul healing and I, I yeah part of my mission and part of my vision is to offer that to people in whatever way that I can do best um, yeah so that's like a, a thing that I want to start doing next year another thing that I would like to commend you about is your or rather just to highlight how lucky it is that you are able to very clearly identify your path in life which some people take years to, to find out and and like say someone like me also I'm constantly searching and uh, it might be a, one of those journeys that I never find it and then and, and I accept it but I enjoy the process of searching but I do get tired from it also and I sometimes admire that oh to, to wake up and all immediately know the path this is what I want to do this is what I will do to achieve that you know yeah I understand um, it didn't come naturally like yes you know partly naturally mm-hmm. but at the same time for me being so clear of you know my mission my vision my purpose Your here dharma. on planet earth um, it it required a lot of self-contemplation a lot of quiet time mm-hmm. being alone totally alone you know, going like when I was back in Singapore, um, yeah, I would cycle to like Labrador Park or East Coast Park, just sit totally alone by the sea, you know, journaling, um, sit quietly in meditation, in contemplation, really reflecting again and again and again and again, asking myself, okay, what do I really want? What do I really want in my life? You know, ignoring everything else, ignoring your parents, ignoring your teachers, ignoring your bosses ignoring society ignoring your government really and it's very difficult you know especially um growing up in a place like singapore because 
there's so many expectations that are being placed on you from you know um, societal conditioning to um, your friends everyone you know family your parents and so then I find that for a lot of people they give in to these voices from other people mm. and and I know sometimes it's necessary right like sometimes um, you have to uh, say you know take care of your parents financially mm-hmm. and I acknowledge that I'm in a very privileged and lucky position where you know my parents can take care of themselves pretty well financially where I don't have to worry about them where I don't have to provide for them uh, financially so I'm in a very very lucky position and I understand that not everyone chooses this um, yeah uh, where was I about your dharma about being loved yes again. so um, it, it took so much uh, time you know dedicated time of reflection of contemplation of I don't even want to say seeking because um, when you seek when you keep seeking it's very hard to find because then you're in the energy of seeking but when you sit with yourself and you feel the energy of okay I know what I want to do then it comes to you right? because say if even if in the language that we use right if we say that okay I may never find my purpose mm. I, I'm, I will, I'm okay with I keep seeking then we are always in that energy of seeking mm. but then we will never find because then that becomes our self-identity yes. that kind of like okay I'm this person who seeks I'm this person who um, it comes from yeah. a place of lack law I don't have that's why I need to search in a sense but yeah. then if you live in a place of abundance like, oh I know therefore I in in a way I, I wouldn't say like lack because seeking is also still part of the whole growth, spiritual la. journey and uh, the, yeah the journey of personal or growth or rather to seek with purpose law right to I, or rather like okay, look know what you're looking for rather than just I'm looking for something but I don't know what um, how, what do you think yes and no because if let's say you already know what you're looking for then how do you know it's re- actually what you really really want because then you may just be grasping for the closest thing that you feel like oh this is what I want but then if you don't mm. dig deeper or if you don't like open yourself to all the possibilities that life has to offer then and you only fixate on what this one thing then you wouldn't actually really know whether um, this is what you want to do mm. um, whereas if it's something that you know okay this is really 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 what I want to do in life this is really what I want to create my life to be you'll know it as a deep deep feeling inside of yourself it's not an intellectual mm. process it's a deep emotional knowing on a intuitive and instinctual level that this is the life that I want to build for myself this is the path that I want to embark on even if you know it may not be the mainstream path that um, uh, people around me are taking even if it may come with risks you know um, but deep down if you have that feeling that this is okay this is what I want to do mm. you will know it you will know it when you know it um, kind of like how to say like it's very hard to say very hard to describe intuition like you just know it you know? <laughs> that's true like most of the great paradoxes in the world is just like 
It is and it isn't all. Mm. Right? The simplest answers are the most profound answers. But people don't want to accept simple answers because they think it's too simple. Mm. But it's not just about accepting the answers, but finding that and discovering that, okay, this is your answer because mm. your answer may be different from somebody else's answer. So it's not so much about looking at other people's answers, but perhaps it's about, you know, okay, studying from different people's um, journeys because then you see, oh, okay, this person took on this journey to find his answer. Mm. This person took on her journey to find her answer. And then so you don't necessarily look at people's answers, but you look at their journeys and mm. then and you then can you reflect you, that yeah. on your own journey to find your own answer. Um, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. It helps to lead through example and it, it I mean And honestly like it's it's okay to feel like you are finding your answer because we we are not taught this, right, in, in our modern education system. Mm-hmm. We we they don't teach us. Society doesn't teach us how to find your purpose. Society doesn't teach you how to build the life you really want. Like our education system simply teaches us how to be good members of society, society yeah. right? And then your workplace um, is just telling you to do your job, mm. right? But so then it, it's so important to then take your time off when you have time off, not to just go and binge on Netflix, not to just go and like, you know, scroll through Instagram or YouTube. Like I'm guilty of that as well. Mm. But it's, it's important to make the, conscious choice and decision to take time off only for yourself you know not even with your partner not even with friends but just sit alone best if it's if it's in nature because then you're connected with the you know the natural forces Mm -hmm. of planet earth of mother earth which i feel is very helpful in then um bringing that answer to you Mm. yeah and and you will know it as a knowing as a deep knowing a deep knowing I guess that is a great way to identify your true calling it's if you are able to know for yourself that this is it but to know that requires awareness and to be aware requires you to not be distracted Mm. going out into nature being quiet by yourself offers you that space to clear your mind that then gives you the perspective that you need to be able to know what is true to you Exactly. And then it can be quite challenging in modern society because we have so many distractions around mm. us. Like we have our mobile phones, we have social media, we have advertising. Basically everything around it's us trying to is get your attention. Getting trying to get your attention and trying to to sell you something. Mm. Right? Like even say the education system is trying to sell you something. It's trying to sell you that okay, if you study hard you will uh, get good grades and then you will get a good job and a good salary mm. or um, like society is trying to sell you the idea that okay you have to work from 30 years old to 60 years old for 30 years you know one third of your life so that you can enjoy the last third of your life mm. like retirement like like everything around us is trying to tell us like okay what's your journey what your what's your destination what's your end goal and it's really no fault of um, our own if we fall into those because society is just designed to really pull us away from our our true selves our mm. deep inner selves but if we actually take the time 
to sit with ourselves and question ourselves okay oh this uh, concept of retirement this concept of okay I, I want to buy a HDB and then uh, uh, get a car and get a good job is this what I actually want like if you actually sit with yourself and ask yourself like is this actually what will make me happy or is this actually just like what society is telling me mm. then and everybody has a different answer right so you have to find the answer for yourself and for me I just found that okay that's not my answer and then I just go and find my own answer yeah um, what else did I want to say <laughs> Take some time to think about it. I want to go to the toilet. Sure, sure, sure. Take a little break. How long already? Yeah. Uh, wow, quite fast, huh? One and a half hour. Oh. One hour forty minutes, dude. Oh. Turn on the volume. Oh, yeah, wow. A little intermediate. Sure. Let them listen a bit. It's a nice little way to like ref- um, what's the word like um, reevaluate everything mm. while you share. Mm, 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 like it gives you an opportunity to think back on like where where you were from, the things that have led to this moment. Yeah, yeah. Nice little. And I find like gratitude. talking to you on this podcast like three four years after the first one, um, I'm still self conscious. I'm still like okay, mm. am I saying the right thing? But at the same time. It comes out more like I feel more open mm. to share. Like I feel like I don't have a lot of um like blockages. Like mm. I'm not holding much back. Like I'm just sharing from I'm just sharing my truth. I'm just sharing from my heart space. I'm allowing it to flow, mm. allowing it to come out. Whereas like on my first podcast I was like quite nervous, quite like self conscious. Mm. So yeah, it feels nice to talk yeah. to you about <laughs> these kind of things and um yeah, I mean I mean I hope it's not like Boring or whatever uh, no, to dude. your uh, <laughs> listeners. You know, like when, when what, the the things we're talking about, 
before I talked to you, I was talking to Craig, and then I talked to Atum, and then I talked to Jackson, and then you. All the things that I have talked, like the 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 conversations that we had with them, and then the conversations that I am having now with you, there are elements to it that I I don't know how to explain. Like if you get a chance to hear all three, mm. and then you now. Listen to this again, right? There are hints of everything, all everything that like small things that I talk about here, mm. I talk about here, mm. and then then it's just right. all like mind. Everybody, same frequency, all like minded things. Mm. It's, and it's and I think it's more apparent to me now because I just spoke to them like a few right. days ago only. Right, right. So right. it's very like it's just very interesting to to see the the connections between all this all these. Conversations. Yep. Mm. Awesome. I'll talk about same thing on it. I'll talk about God. <laughs> I'll talk about duality. I'll talk about like, like consciousness. Consciousness. The universe. Yeah. yeah. Because literally, like everything is consciousness expressing itself, and not only expressing itself, but also experiencing itself through its own expressions. And I just find that so beautiful because then we see that oh, there's so much more to life than just like work. Than just, you know, earning and money. There should and be what. There should be more than just than than to of just course, going of to work like, there. Like we were created to play. Yeah. Really, like we we. Tr- yeah, I mean, Mother Earth gives us so much, and what do we really need to survive? You know, in a human body, like we need food, we need shelter, we need, uh, good community, we need water, and that's really what you need, right? Like, of course, the there are perks if you know you have comfort if you have a nice apartment or you know you have a vehicle but essentially if you're talking about the basics right that is essentially what we need Mm. and if we look at modern society um, modern society has evolved to a point where um, okay at least Singapore right like where we have material comfort you know we have material wealth then okay then what's the next step of evolution is it more material wealth what's the, the direction the that house the bigger boat yeah what, what's the direction that we are heading to and not just on the individual level but also as a society mm. and when i look at singapore society because we've progressed so fast you know for the past 50 years we have such rapid economic development um and we're really blessed you know to have that to be speaking from a place of privilege um, and we are lucky. Uh, of course, we are so it, we lucky. We're we so lucky. We got no earthquake, no to- no tornado, exactly. no wars, no riots, no exactly. crime. And if you look at Singapore, right? Uh, Singapore's geography, where it's located on the globe. Mm. And okay, this is just looking from top down, from space, right down at planet Earth, and without any borders of countries mm. of um, nationalities. Yeah. If you look down on planet Earth, Singapore is actually located at a very, very special place. I feel it's a very energetically special place um, on planet Earth. Like we are literally just above the equator mm. and we're at the tip of Asia. And yeah, I, I don't know how to express it, but energetically and spiritually, I feel Singapore's location, physical location on planet Earth is so important. We're literally a portal right and so then the direction that our society is heading it towards is also important because we've already reached reached that status of like material wealth and comfort so what's next 
right? Do you want more economic development? You want to build higher buildings, taller buildings? You want to have bigger banks? You want to have more money in your bank account? Or is the next step of evolution towards spiritual growth, spirituality, wellness, um, holistic well-being? Because I feel personally that this is the next step of humanity's evolution. Like we've already have, we already had all the material comforts and wealth that we need. We don't need like, you know, more houses. We don't need like uh, bigger cars Mm. or whatever. We don't like, we don't need more. We don't need the iPhone 15, 16, 17, 18. Exactly. Exactly. But what we need is, or what we want, right? um, Is more deep spiritual journeys, more personal healing. Mm. Um, and of course, this this has to happen on a collective level, mm. and it can only happen on a collective level if people are conscious that okay, this is what I actually want, because I'm not sure you know that most people in our modern society are actually conscious that oh, I'm actually wanting a bigger house, like I actually want a nicer car because it actually actually makes me happy. Mm. Right? But if if everyone you know takes one hour a day to sit with themselves to meditate to really look inwards imagine what kind of effect that would have on society as a collective as a whole and a huge shift yeah and i feel like we are at such a critical point where um it's so important like we make a collective decision that okay this is the direction that we want to head towards um and we don't want more material things. We don't want more of this. Yeah. And also, I think, like, um, humanity, collective humanity as a whole, we can see that a lot of what uh, is being manifested in our world today is a product of, say, greed mm. or fear. Um, and that comes from a place of insecurity really right like why why do people uh strive to control have more control right of other people or why do certain structures in our society uh why are they designed in such a way to limit true human growth and potential it's because those at the top those who control the system want to control the people underneath that and then that stems from a place of insecurity And so then it's a problem of like, let's say your sacral chakra or your root chakra, right? And we see that manifested as, you know, um, just more land grabbing, more, um, how to say, like, like a lot of things in our society are, our modern society are structured in a way that don't necessarily benefit individual growth and spiritual growth and personal growth, mm. like deep personal growth. And that stems from a place of um, yeah, people wanting to control other people. And so I feel like, yeah, the next step of that is for all of humanity to see the divinity in everything, in everyone. And to really just allow people to express themselves for who they are. To really give people the space and time and freedom to 
explore their own journeys of healing, their own journeys of growth and evolution. And yeah, like personally, I just want to be a part of that whole movement of that collective uh, push or collective uh, desire for that kind of society mm. rather than the modern society that we have today. Yeah, And yeah, it just starts from one ripple, right? Like one, one drop in the water, you create many, many ripples outward. And um, when enough people uh, start to vibrate on this kind of frequency, then we can have real power to create like collective change. Mm. Such a big dream, eh? A big dream, but a... not an impossible one. Yeah, I mean, like... It's our job to plant the seeds. Mm. Um... For me, at least, right, it's my job to plant the seeds. But how the seeds grow is really not my control. But as the farmer, I have to plant these mm. seeds. And we are seeds ourselves, right? We are seeds of light. We are seeds of the universe planted here on planet Earth to bring growth, you know, to um, uplift the consciousness of humanity. To, to yeah, like, like I see myself as an agent of Mother Earth. Of um, not necessarily providing uh, doing things like you know nature conservation or things like that like yes I would love to do those but that's not like what my true heart's calling is but what my true like calling deep down is is to facilitate in people's own healing journeys and processes yeah like I'm not the one doing the healing but because I've gone through this journey, because I have gone through this uh, personal journey of of healing, I also want to share this with other people because I felt the benefits of this. I would love to bring this and to serve other people and to, to share this with the rest of humanity, I feel. And um, yeah. Tired already, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you know I've never done so many podcasts in like a week before. Eh? Yeah, Usually yeah. this is like one two months. Yeah, and then I'm it's, like, it's quite a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, cause I have to hold this space and I have to like pay attention. So I'm I'm a little bit socially drained, but I and I'm still I enjoy it. Sure. And I and after this I'll go back and I'll edit it. You know, like because it's fresh in my mind and yeah. I, and I want to remember certain things. And I and I can't help but like find the connections and all the things that everybody so far here that I've spoken to and what you have said also everybody has something along the lines that mm. are similar mm-hmm. and I'm just reflecting and my mind is racing mm. and I'm excited to see how all this is going to come into fruition mm. because this is like the this is like the the beginning you know like the word that you just the, like the things that you have just said you've planted a seed in your own mind you've invoked something and I am witness to this invocation also like oh uh, one day Singapore will be like that oh one day I will have my own retreat mm. I am witness to this this uh, 
this beginning and mm. then maybe five years later when we sit down again we talk and then you're and I'm in your your new shala and you have workers with you like and you have your mantra band or whatever and then we'll be like I remember the time when we sat down and you said that you want one day you want to do this so it's I feel the potential in this space mm. with you and, and, and how everything is and and I'm just like how can I how can I think of any other like knowing the trajectory of things and knowing how you are moving towards what the universe wants it is undeniable already what you have manifested five minutes ago is going to come true and 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 so far everything that you have manifested has come true in some way or another why would I think that that won't come true either so then to feel that energy somehow being created here it's amazing uh. Mm. I think like to wrap things up right I feel like what you're doing with the podcast is also such important work because then you you really you you really connect people with people I think like that's your gift like Aaron because you know with your podcast like episode 45 you've spoken to so many people and so many people have listened to your podcast without your podcast you know these guests you know people you have Mm. on would never have a platform to share their ideas, their, their thoughts, their feelings. At the same time, your listeners would not be able to listen to what uh, is being shared. And so, yeah, I really, really appreciate uh, you doing this podcast. And I understand it's a lot of work, you know, recording, doing the interviews, um, editing, publishing, marketing. It's a lot of work. And I really, really want to say that I appreciate your brother. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so exciting like the future is a sea of possibilities right and when we make the conscious choice to choose a future that we want to build I feel that that can be so powerful Mm. not only on a personal level but also on a level that um, influences Mm. other people in a positive way yeah Um, because ultimately like we're not just here for ourselves right like we're not just individuals living individual lives mm-hmm. we are spirit manifested into human bodies living a beautiful life on beautiful planet earth in community in friendship in family in society and we get to make the conscious choice as to how we want to live as to how we want to um, affect change or or bring our gifts to the world or to serve our community and through you doing this podcast is your way of serving oh. the community. Yeah. So I, I do. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Thanks for that affirmation. I've never thought about it in a way of serving the community, but it kind of is. Mm. It is in your I, own way, yeah, in, in your special own, in way. In my own way, it's like I, I, I do this and then like, I don't get anything from it, you know, yeah. like aside from just the satisfaction of doing the thing. Yeah. Nice note to close it on. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, by any chance, can we get a little performance? <laughs> of are what? You, are you... I, uh, Craig performed his handpan. Uh, Jackson and Atum sang a little mantra at the end. I'm not expect... Uh, I mean, if you're not comfortable with any instruments, <laughs> we and if you don't want to, it's fine. Uh, but like, I just had to ask. <laughs> Yeah, actually, this song that's playing right now is like my favorite mantra. Hey. Ah, I remember this. 
I remember you singing this so often. Yeah, like I was singing this at Kirtan and then I recorded it also. Yeah, uh, basically it's Ramadasa, yeah. Sase Sohang, and what it means is um, the sun, moon, earth, and infinity. All that is infinity, infinity is me. Mm. And so, uh, essentially, what you're saying, what you're singing is um, the universe, everything that is the universe you are made of the universe like our body is literally we're grown in our mothers you know and when we die we go back to mother earth our body goes back down to earth all organic matter so what we are we are manifestations of mother earth of mother nature of the universe brought to life you know true breath true spirit and we get this short period of time to live as conscious human beings and then after that, we go back to Mother Earth and then the cycle continues yes. again and again and again. But essentially, when we sing this mantra, we remind ourselves that everything around us is us and that we are everything. <laughs> so nice. Cool. Yeah, I won't sing now. <laughs> My throat is a little bit nice. sore. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully in Kirtan next time. Um, How can yeah. people reach you? So my IG is how h a o dot bhakti. Uh, so it's h a o dot b h a. You changed it, uh? I didn't. Yeah. B h a k t i. Yep. Uh, that's my public one, hmm. and yeah, that's I think the easiest way to reach me. Um, yeah, I'm 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 not sure how our retreats would pan out yet. But I don't want to do like big group retreats, mm. you know. I want to do like personal, really personal one to one or you know small groups like maximum four people kind of retreats. Um, yeah, I'm not sure of the structure yet, but they would uh, essentially include yoga, uh, meditations, nature walks, sound, sound healing, singing bowls, mantra singing, uh, breath work. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, that that's pretty much it. And uh, a lot of journaling time, a lot of time with yourself. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm excited also to see how it will all take shape. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, man. Thank you. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Glad you made it through. Um, I want to share something. So, uh, when, like after after we did this podcast, and then the next day, there uh, we went for a kirtan. 
uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was either the full moon one or the Diwali one. And then I haven't like I haven't gone to I haven't been to a kirtan in a long time since then. And this was like mind you, this was uh, at a time when I was doing like during that time I was doing a lot of podcasting. I was recording all the people like back to back like every one two days I will record someone so I was a bit socially drained and a bit like honestly I was feeling a bit tender you know like a lot of things were shared a lot a lot of reflections going on in my mind so I was just a bit vulnerable uh, during that time so like you know uh and I've I've enjoyed Kirtan but like it wasn't it's never been my thing you know like uh, it's a nice thing to listen to like you know you go you just sort of enjoy the music and you flow with it. But it wasn't... Like, I didn't love it, right? It was just a fun thing to do. Anyway. Uh, so I went there. Maybe, like, the first... Uh, like, the first song. <laughs> the first fucking song. I, like, I uh, cry already. And it wasn't like a... Like, I wasn't, like, fucking sobbing. Uh, you know, it wasn't like that. Like, but it was just, like... I just kept, kept flowing, though. Kept, tears kept flowing I was a bit embarrassed by it so I just had my eyes closed had my head down trying not to draw my draw attention to myself I was just at, I was at a corner or so and then I remembered just trying to be discreet about it and then I I felt like because Hal was sitting next to me and then he put his hand on my hand and then he just hold, held it there for a bit and I, I I don't even know how he can see la. maybe it was quite obvious from outside looking in I don't know but I think like it was a it was a nice gesture, it made me feel a bit more comfortable with just you know knowing that I was in a safe space, gave me permission to just feel. And uh, it was nice. I remember it, like okay, I really appreciate this gesture, small gesture, very small, but like it meant a lot. And then, yeah, lo, I I think that was one of the best kirtan sessions that I've had. It was a uh, held by. The usual folks, and there was this really nice Japanese uh, kirtan singer that she, who led it. Uh, um, yeah, man. Like especially after hearing what he had to say on this podcast and hearing the meaning behind these mantras, it had a little bit more impact on me that day. So maybe it has a similar impact on you as well moving forward. Uh, if you like what you hear share it with your friends repost on IG tag me or repost it or so if you have any questions reach out if you'd like to donate the links are all in the description below I also linked the uh, the water experiment thing that he talked about in the links below you can go check it out it is um, oh where is it it's by this guy what's his name Where is it? Masaro Emoto Water Experiments. You can Google that on YouTube. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Probably not. Uh, hope you have a great rest of the day, rest of the week, rest of your life. I have another two more episodes, two more, two more episodes of the Chiang Mai series. I've yet to edit, so I'll get get going with that. 
very interesting. I'm very excited to share the rest of the episodes with you as well. So until then, uh, take care. Bye bye.